Thanks for joining us for today's message. We are always so encouraged to hear how God is working through this ministry to change lives. If you have a story to share about how God has worked in your life, then let us know by sending us an email to mystory@timberlakechurch.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by giving online at timberlakechurch.com slash give. Enjoy the message. Gotta love that one. How are you doing today? Good. Hey, I am glad. Hey, wasn't it great on Thursday? It was like over 80 degrees. Uh, Now, remember that because that's going to have to hold you for a while. Uh, I've looked at the weather. I mean, it was great. People were, you know, taking off work and just, you know, goofing around. And I'm just talking about the people who work here. And, you know, we, uh, we, we were having a great time. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a great week. Last week I talked about it was uh, 25th anniversary my wife and I. Uh, this Friday my oldest daughter uh, graduates from college. Uh, yeah, isn't that cool? Yeah, if you're not clapping, my bank account is clapping, you know? (laughs) Uh, And my dog, 13 and a half years old, he's going to be 14 years old this summer, and uh, he's a golden retriever, Uh, he's, you know, he's a little bit of a husky kind of dog, he he likes to eat a little bit, and uh, he has just been going wild, having a great time lately, and in fact, uh, he's got this playful streak, we were taking him out in the off-leash area, and he found a new friend, he found a little bunny rabbit, and he just loved it to death. Uh, yeah, and, and so, I mean, this, is, this dog is crazy, so he brings us this dead little rabbit, and then, uh, not, not kidding, the next day he grabs this opossum, and we save him from the fate of Peter Cottontail, and he's just so excited to share what's going on. He, uh, a couple months ago I shared, he got a mouse and brought it inside the house, Yeah, after he killed it. And all of a sudden, he thought, you know, I'm old. I'm out of shape. I think I'm going to start killing things <laughs> and, and sharing it. So it's sort of, it's sort of funny whenever something, uh, whether you're, you know, my golden retriever, whether you're my daughter who's talking about graduation or the rest of us talking about the sunshine, when something exciting happens, uh, we want to share it with people. Uh, it's, in fact, it's not quite, quite as exciting and quite as meaningful unless we have people to share it with. And I was thinking about that in terms of uh, our topic for today. Because I know I've, I've had so many of you uh, stop me in the hallways, I've seen you around the community, and uh, email me and telling me what God has been doing in your life. And for some of you, uh, that's a coming back to faith. For some of you, it's a deepening of faith. And others, it's, hey, this is the first time I've really, God's ever made sense in my life. And so we get this excitement about what God is doing. And then uh, we face this reality that uh, we have people who we love who don't share our faith. And by the way, if you're here and you're uh, an atheist, uh, you have friends who don't share your atheism. Uh, If you're a Buddhist, you have friends who don't share your Buddhism. But particularly, uh, we're talking for those of us who are Christ followers. What do we do in that kind of situation? What kind of posture uh, 
uh, do we have? Now, you might be one of those people, you're here today and you're saying, hey, I'm not a God person. Uh, my friend invited me uh, to church. And I got to tell you, do not worry at all. I mean, we are a friendly place. After service, we're going to invite you to a special room. We'll shave your head, put you in an orange robe, give you a little Kool-Aid. It's going to be all be cool, man. Trust me. So, uh, no, it, it really, if, you, if you're here and you don't, uh, if you haven't made that decision, I, I think it's going to be good because you'll get an idea of what that might look like. We've been in this series uh, called The Big Stuff. We've been looking at those issues of life and faith that in uh, some places, even honestly, many, many churches that aren't talked about in a very direct way. And I just felt like God was impressing it upon my heart that we would tackle these topics during this season. We're going to finish up uh, next week, and then we go to Mother's Day, and it's going to be great. My wife is going to be sharing the message with me again. She, first time for a year after she had some health problems, so excited about that. Then we launch into a family series. Uh, well, the last couple weeks, uh, we've looked at topics, uh, easy ones, light topics like hell and death in heaven, uh, the Bible and other religious books. And today we are going to dive deep into this, this question of what do we do when our friends don't share our faith? Well, the Bible is not silent on this topic. It says, if you'll take your outline out of your program, it, it's, now this is, this is speaking to those of us who have made that decision to be a Christ follower. It says, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect. Will you underline gentleness and respect? That is so important uh, for us to really show up that way. In fact, as a church, we've decided how we're going to show up in our community. One of our goals as a church is to raise the spiritual temperature to give an accurate uh, idea of what life with Jesus Christ looks like. But that gentleness and respect is so important in our society. But we can confuse that at times. And so what I want to look are, are common postures uh, that we have to faith differences. One is just simply com complete avoidance where we want to, you know, just uh, never talk about the subject at all. Um, and, but the problem is, it impacts every aspect of our life. It impacts how we treat people. It impacts uh, how we parent our kids, our marriage, how you view yourself. And so, uh, if we're ever going to have any kind of relationship with someone, uh, it's going to be a topic that's going to come up. And sometimes it can be uh, a challenging topic. Uh, another way that people can show up and not, is a combative posture. Uh, you've seen that. At, at, they'll be fourth on the plateau over in Sammamish where I live. And there's always someone holding a sign, you know, that been, you know, screaming that night, God loves you, you're burning in hell. And that's awesome uh, message there. And uh, th those, those things, I, you know, there, there could be some truth to both of those things. But it's sort of a combative posture. It's not helpful. And I don't think there's many of us who've come from this background again. But I, I have people like this all the time who will, who will challenge me in why don't you have that combative posture? And I'll just say this. 
is because if you choose that, you will be completely ineffective your entire life of making a difference for Jesus. And if you're committed to obscurity and making no difference, then you can have a combative posture. But if you say, hey, rather than making a point, I want to make a difference, then I have to show up in a different way. There's also what I call, and this is what I think is my greatest fear and what I see around in society in general is what I call spiritual capitulation. And really what this is, is sort of this, uh, you know, all good dogs go to heaven, all uh, faiths are, are the same. And we say this, I know, to avoid conflict, right? Uh, but it doesn't matter what your faith, whether it's Christianity, Judaism, Judaism, Islam, Buddhism, Oprahism, whatever your religion is, uh, they all share one thing in, a, in common. They make absolute truth claims. Uh, there is certainly no major religion in the world uh, that would say all religions are the same. As I've said before, the only, the only one that says that is the Unity Church, uh, or the uh, Unity Church and Unification Church is not very big at all, but their common theme is, hey, everything's the same and everyone else is wrong and we have it right. So every faith makes an absolute truth claim. And see, the cultural question is which religion is right, but the transcultural question is really who is God? And I think if we can, can get down to that, that we can uh, see that that's an important question for us to answer. And I know you're like, hey man, I don't want to convert people. And we try to convert people all the time. I shared this before that in a short period of time, actually from a religious perspective, everyone was trying to convert me. It was the summer I was in, in, I went to Fourth on the Plateau, I just talked about it. There were a couple people from the Hindu faith that were trying to uh, convert me. I sat next to a Buddhist man uh, on a plane, he tried to convert me. I was in the Albertsons parking lot. This guy literally was blocking my car, tried to convert me to Islam. And I'm like, okay, I just must have the sign on me, convert me. Uh, but we always try to convert people, don't we? You know, sort of Coke versus Pepsi, right? How many of you are Coke people? How many of you are Pepsi people? How many of you are weird health people? Yeah, okay, you're there. <laughs> uh, there's uh, iPhone versus Android, right? Yeah, there's, okay, now this is when I, because of where we're at, I want to ask this question. How many of you are Mac people? Go ahead and raise your hand. Your boss at Microsoft isn't here. Uh, how many of you are PC people? Oh, mostly PC people. Yeah, because, you know, uh, uh, and because people are fanatical about it. In fact, I've said this before. What's the difference between a Mac user and a terrorist? You can negotiate with a terrorist. <laughs> so, yeah, so, yeah, but, but we, yeah, I'm not even joking on that one, man. That, that is really, really serious. Uh, well, you know, and we have these, these passions, but often our passions are not about things that are ultimate in our life. Uh, and what I'm going to suggest is the fourth way we can show up when there's religious differences. 
when there's faith differences. And that's purposeful conversation. Where, where we have a conversation, and a conversation is where uh, I listen to you, you listen to me. I may not agree with you, and probably you're not going to affirm everything I believe, and I won't affirm everything you believe. Now, uh, when we do this, there's sort of a reason we have this purposeful uh, conversation. And uh, because we're saying giving a reason for the hope that is within us. Uh, And I hope, if you're a Christ follower, that you share your faith uh, in in a real way. You know, that you're not, uh, you you don't say, I'm going to completely avoid it. Or I'm going to go up at, like we have, we always have a block party, which is funny. All all the people in my neighborhood know I'm a pastor, and which means they avoid me like the plague. And (laughs) so they're, they're always like, they're, oh yeah, there you go. And they're hiding their beer, you know. (laughs) And and I'm like, don't worry about that. You should see my wife. No, the, uh, (laughs) I, I'm telling the truth. Uh, the, uh, so, but, uh, you know, I don't go up and say, hey, is this chair saved? In fact, are you saved? Uh, you know, I don't, you don't ask questions like that. I just sort of try to get in their world and let them in my world as well. There's great examples in the Bible of how we can have this. And like I said, my concern is, and I hear it in churches a lot, we compromise that which is ultimate for that which is not. Because we're, we don't show up and have the difficult conversation. Not in condemnation, not in confrontation, but really for the hope that we'd have a conversation that would help change someone's life. Now, we read in the book of Acts chapter 17 where I'm gonna spend most of my time today, and we're gonna go through a long passage of scripture uh, and I think we learn a lot in this passage of Scripture. Acts uh, chapter seven, uh, 17, we read starting verse 16. It says, While Paul was waiting for them in Athens, he was greatly distressed to see the city was full of idols. Now, what does it mean it's full of idols? They're worshiping false gods. There could be some awful stuff going on with this, in some case, uh, sacrifice, depending on which God it was, of, of, and that would be so destructive. And it says, so he reasoned in the synagogue with both Jews and God-fearing Greeks, as well as in the marketplace day by day, with those who happened to be there, a group of Epicurean and Stoic philosophers began to debate with him. Some of them asked, what is this babbler trying to say? Others remark. By the way, you know, we're not the first ones who, when we share our faith, sometimes people can say, what, are you, are you like weird or something? You, you know, you've ever been in a coffee shop. I, I have been, I shared it before. I'm a coffee shop reading my Bible. Lady came up to me and was like, are you reading the Bible? I can't believe such a smart, good-looking guy like you would. No, she didn't, she didn't say smart or good-looking, but she should have, let me tell you. And, uh, but, so this is what he's facing. It says, he seems to be advocating foreign gods. They said this because Paul was preaching the good news about Jesus and the resurrection. They took him and brought him to, uh, to a meeting of the Areopagus where they said to him, 
May we know this new teaching, uh, what this new teaching is that you are presenting. You are bringing some strange ideas to our ears, and we would like to know what they mean. All the Athenians and all the foreigners who lived there spent all their time doing nothing but talking and listening about the latest ideas. Does it sound like any place you know? Yeah. Sounds exactly like this should be, you know, if, this were, if there was an epistle in the New Testament to the Seattleites, this would be it. Uh, and I think it's an incredible opportunity. Uh, every once in a while, I will get the opportunity. People, hey, you know what? We'd like you to be our pastor, you know, here or there in great places in the Bible Belt and all of that. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not really made for the Bible Belt. I like this place. Well, aren't they, you know, what about those people there? And I'm like, I am those people. <laughs> you know, they're sort of, they're my people. Uh, because I, I remember when my sister, who had her and her boyfriend, uh, she was a bartender, uh, and said, oh, no, don't worry, that's not the worst part of it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she lived, and it was a tavern on South Tacoma Way that she got a free apartment underneath. Classy joint, let me tell you. And uh, her and her boyfriend were living together, and uh, they decided to get married, and he thought, hey, let's go find some pastor. And so uh, they went, and this pastor, you know what he did? He talked to them about Jesus, and they became Christ followers. And uh, so we saw them, and we're like, oh, these Jesus freaks, these weirdos. And that was sort of what our family did. We sort of made fun of people like that. But could not deny that there was something different. And I remember thinking, whatever that is, I, I want to know more about that. And so when, when they finally invited me, uh, to church, and I heard in, in a church a lot like Timberlake, in, in a, just a, a plain way, that God was not only real, he had a plan, not just for the perfect, not just for the people who had a spiritual pedigree, but for anyone who had come to him, I thought, you know, I'm in. Now, has there been faith challenges throughout the years? Yes, but I've become, as I've learned more about the Bible and God, I'm stronger in my faith today than I ever have been. Well, as we look at this chapter 17, we see how the Apostle Paul shows up uh, sharing his faith and how we can as well. Uh, the first thing is simply to be positive. Uh, that, you know, oftentimes... Uh, we can lead with the negative. Uh, someone doesn't, we don't have to correct everything that someone thinks that's wrong. By the way, if you believe that and you're married, you're not going to have a very happy marriage. Uh, so the, no, the, anyway, uh, everyone's, well, I had to tell her what she's doing wrong. No, you don't. Happy wife, happy life. Shut your mouth. The, uh, <laughs> have you ever heard the term, yes, sweetie? <laughs> no. Uh, the funny thing is, though, is to get a conversation going, it doesn't begin with correction often. Uh, I, as I said, I've been traveling lately, I really had the opportunity to work uh, with a bunch of different churches as they're developing. Sort of a neat thing, I usually fly out on Monday or Tuesday, and uh, I fly with Alaska, and they notified me that they were bumping me up to first class. And I'm like, and some of you fly first class all the time. 
which don't worry, I'll talk to you later when we're receiving the offering. The, uh, <laughs> but for me, this was a big deal. And so, uh, yeah, I'm like, this is awesome. I am, you know, and all these peasants are passing me. <laughs> and I'm like, sucker. And no, I'm just kidding. It, 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 but it was, uh, it was great. And uh, a lady's sitting next to me. And I forget what we were talking about. We're going back from Minneapolis to Seattle and uh, found out, you know, a little bit uh, about her. And she was just talking about someone who'd passed away and about her son. And she asked that question, you know, uh, what do you do uh, for a living? And I just said, I'm a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. What's your profession? No, I, <laughs> no, I, I told her uh, uh, I was a pastor, and, uh, which, uh, and she said to me, which is sort of funny, she goes, you don't seem like a pastor, which I decided to take as a compliment uh, during that. Uh, and, and we were talking, and she all of a sudden went into, you know what, my son and my daughter and, and their teenagers, we, we, you know, we grew up with a little bit of religion, and, and although we really don't know what we believe and realize we're missing something. And so she said that her and her friend, uh, they've been on the spiritual search. And she described all the places uh, that they were going to. And, you know, uh, just different religions, even some churches that don't necessarily affirm Jesus or the Bible. And, uh, you know, the, the tenant is like, oh, no, don't do that. Uh, but I thought, you know, what I wanted to do was affirm and say, hey, you know what? That is so awesome you're on a spiritual search. And uh, I said, there's lots of good churches around you. And she said, oh, what good churches? Uh, Timberlake Issaquah, Timberlake Duval, Timberlake Redmond, no, the, uh, <laughs> Timberlake Castle Rock. No, but I, I, I actually didn't name our church first. Uh, because honestly, and so here's where, where those of you who don't know me well could get confused. For 10 years, we have had significant growth as a church. We have every year, we planted churches and that's a cool thing. You have to know that's not my ultimate thing. My ultimate thing is people coming to know Jesus Christ and their life being transformed. And, and, and I've said this before, I, I do believe in what we do here. In fact, my, if you invite, I, I, my hope is that even if someone never comes back because they always come to Timberlake first because I know they're going to hear about Jesus in a very straightforward way, grace-filled, and have the opportunity to come to know him. If they're part of our church, if that's you, that's fine. We would love to have you as part of our church, love to have you as part of our family. But way more important than that is that you make that decision to be part of God's family and you allow him in your life. And, and so, so the Apostle Paul, what he uh, does is He's positive when he starts out. Let's go ahead and read this. It says, Paul then stood up in the meeting of the Oropagus, and he said, People of Athens, I see that in every way you are very religious. Now, it's interesting. He could have said, Hey, you're a bunch of pagan idol worshipers. You're going to hell. Amen. The end. But he doesn't. He, said, he looks around, and they're worshiping all these really stupid, crazy things. And he says, hey, I see you're religious people. You and I have something in common. 
For as I walked around and looked carefully at your objects of worship, I even found an altar with the inscription to an unknown God. And he takes that, that place of spiritual awareness and then he starts a conversation. See, see the ultimate, this is so important. I have strong, if you've ever heard me teach the Bible about uh, stuff like creation and all the other aspects of theology and faith. The, the ultimate of faith is Jesus Christ and what you do with him. And so he keeps that front and center. And then he does what I believe we're called to do, is to empathize with struggles and complexities. As we read this, Acts 17, 23. It says, so you are ignorant of the very thing you worship. And this is what I'm going to proclaim to you. And so what, what he's doing there is you might hear that and, and, and think he's really disrespecting them. But he's saying, you know, that, that you don't have a knowledge of that thing you really want. And he said, I want to share that with you. A lot of people are struggling and some of us we've struggled and you know what happens with us is we have a hard time uh, sharing our faith in Christ because we're complex people and we're sharing it with our friends and they know when we've struggled when we've doubted when we talk trash about someone when we drank too much when we did something relationally that was out of bounds and we think that somehow God has to use perfect people. And really, his message is perfect, and he uses us as trophies of his grace. Here's the dichotomy, is that uh, with Christianity, there's often a great improvement in our life, in our relationships. But it's not a self-improvement plan. It's really a Jesus plan. What would God do if you would open up your story and you'd share it with the people who you care about the most? Well, the third aspect of this we see is to tactfully identify common myths. So the Apostle Paul, he does challenge. See, we can't affirm everything, can we? Sometimes there are things that need to be challenged uh, in our life. I mean, how many of, and this is hard, how many of you love it when people tell you what you're doing wrong? No, I don't like it very much either, initially. Uh, in fact, I think most of us would push back. Uh, I have uh, a doctor, uh, she's a great doctor, uh, she's helped me with some uh, health issues. Uh, I have, uh, I've tried everything, and you know, diet, and exercise, and losing weight, and uh, my blood pressure is high, uh, evidently because of you people. Uh, so <laughs> so my, my doctor is, uh, uh, she's from uh, China originally. And uh, one thing I, I love about her, she's super smart and super direct. I don't know if it's her culture or, or what it is. Uh, and so I talked to her when she said, your blood pressure is high. Uh, you know, you might want to take some medication. 
And I'm like, well, I feel great. I don't have any symptoms. And I said, how will I know if I have a problem? And she goes, uh, you probably have no symptoms. You just die. <laughs> and I said, okay, I'll take the medication. I will do that. I will. And, uh, you know, you would think, what a horrible person she is. You know what I think? She's the best doctor I've ever had. Because she told me the truth that I needed to hear. That probably will change my life. That I needed help I didn't think I needed in an area that didn't seem like a big problem and it, being willing to listen means everything. You know, you, you think about that hubris, this pride that can keep us uh, from the change that we really need in our life. Acts 17, 24 through 25, uh, we read this. It says, the God, he says, the God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by human hands. And he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. And it's a logical argument, isn't it? If God made heaven and these people are in a temple where they think that we need to do something for God, it's like, could we do anything for God? He goes, rather, it's he himself who gives life and breath and everything else. So I think there's a couple things we can think about. What is some deeply held belief that is not in line with reality, spiritual reality, that you would allow God to challenge in your life? You would say, I'm open for new information. Maybe it's forcing us to, to look down the, really towards the end of our life and saying, how am I, what, what would eternity look like? Is there eternity? If you missed the message a couple weeks ago, I encourage you to listen to that. If, if because we love the people around us, and we don't want to make people feel bad, or pe people feel stupid, I hope you don't want people to feel that way. But then we realize if they're on a path that's not going to lead them to hope, not going to lead them to God, and we affirm that, that might be the cruelest thing you've ever done in your life. Instead of saying, God, is there a way that you would use me to share your ultimate, ultimate reality an ultimate hope. And that leads to number four, and that's to offer real hope. It's, it's funny, as, as you look at the Apostle Paul, and there's so many things he could have said as he was talking to these people who were mocking him at points, who were uh, worshiping false idols, and, and, and so many things they had it wrong. And the, he, he says, but this Jesus came, and he rose from the dead, as in as he did that, he proved who he was, that he is God in the flesh, and when he offers forgiveness, it's a real forgiveness, and we read why he did it, Acts 17, 27, and it says, God did this 
so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. And here's the ultimate reality, is that God is not far from you and he's not far from me. The greatest distance he is from you and me is the humility that we would have to say, God, I need you. I need your hope. I need the life that you offer through your son, Jesus Christ. My hope is that you will engage in incredible conversations that, that, is, that are loving, that are positive, and that are caring and hopeful because it's a hope that only comes in Jesus. Thank you for listening to the Timberlake Church Podcast. Stay connected with us by visiting TimberlakeChurch.com or follow us on Twitter or Facebook.